What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner, and I apologize because I'm back to doing intros. Maybe I can recruit Evie for another one in the future. I'm sure that won't be a difficult conversation to have. She'll be more than willing. Today's episode, I'm going to tell you why you should be doing absolutely no cardio whatsoever. Zero cardio. This is team no cardio. I'm just joking, kind of, sort of but we're going to talk about it because I have to explain myself. I feel like the way that we communicate now, there's certain life skills that we need to teach. And I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody. I wish I learned these life skills and I'm still learning these life skills, but I feel like, why don't we teach this at a younger age, how to effectively communicate, how to have difficult conversations, how to be an active listener, All of these things are important. And I feel like what happens in most communication, maybe this is just like all of us trying to get used to social media and the fact that we have more access than ever before in terms of communicating. And we can be very, I don't know, just nonchalant in the way that we explain ourselves. But I feel like what happens on on social media is that somebody writes something And they don't actually explain what they're trying to say or ask what they mean to ask. And then somebody jumps in and interprets it totally different. And then they respond with what they think the question really asked. And they have their own bias and their own interpretation, their own perspective. And all of a sudden, you have two people who are arguing very different things where they both can be right, but they're just missing each other. I feel like that happens all the time. So I wrote this post about cardio and I was talking about how you don't need to do any cardio if your goal is to achieve your body composition goals. And I'm going to explain that. But then all these people jumped in and they were like, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And it was like, you missed the point. And maybe I did a really poor job of explaining it, which is likely. But it's, it's funny how you take your own bias and biases and perspective And then you jump to your own conclusions, and now you're having this conversation or this argument that was never really the point in the first place. Anyway, I find that to to be the case. Like somebody who asks the question, like, what is protein? Do they really mean what is protein? Or do they, is the actual question more along the lines of what is protein good for? How much protein should I be eating? What foods are high in protein? Like, are those the questions that you really mean to answer? And then you'll have somebody who answers like, well, protein is the building block for muscle. Well, not really, because that's your, like you're coming at it from the fitness bro perspective where it's not an incorrect answer, but you're not actually answering the question of what is protein. Hopefully that makes sense because you're coming at it from your own biased perspective and you're answering a different question than was actually asked. And it's just funny that the way that we communicate now, I feel like most of the time people ask questions that aren't the real question that they intend to ask. And people answer questions that aren't the real answers of the questions that were intended. And then you have this, this back and forth that is not like everyone's missing each other and arguing different things and wondering why there's no conclusion. Well, that's why, in my opinion, anyway, you know, I love to rant in the beginning. Um, So what I need from you is very simple. I would love it if you could do me a favor 
and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm sure after that rant and that intro, there is zero chance I'm getting any five-star reviews. However, if you would be so kind to look past my flaws and to accept me for who I am and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be amazing. You can also take a screenshot of the episode and post it to your stories and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And you can just send the episode to friends and family members who would enjoy it. I also have to say happy birthday to two very special people in my life. It is Friday, September 9th, as I'm recording this, and it is Melanie's birthday and Amy's birthday. They are twins. And Melanie is my life partner. Amy is my best friend. And I should say one of my best friends because I always feel like it's kind of rude to like crown somebody at the top. Um, Anyway, I wrote this whole story about the impact that they've both had on my business and on my life. And it's been incredibly profound, not just personally in helping me grow, but also professionally in helping me be a better leader and a better person. It's something that I am working very diligently on right now at this time in my life. I feel like this is a big transformative period of my life where I am deeply invested in personal development. I'm taking a course that is helping me to see my own blind spots and develop better tools for overcoming my own biases, which I know I have plenty. And I'm also in therapy and working on regulating my own emotions and being a better partner, being a better friend, being a better son, being a better leader, being a better role model for Melanie's kids who live with us half the time. And I have developed a meaningful relationship with each of them. And I continue, that's one area that really challenges me and pushes me in a positive way. It's, it's required me to grow and level up. And it's something that definitely came with resistance and, and is really fulfilling in a way that I never imagined. Uh, but to, to come take it back to where it all began, I actually started as a personal trainer and Mel was one of my first clients. And this was like small gym. I had, I started out doing like these large group classes and then I got my personal training certification and I was being mentored by the owner of the gym and just kind of learning the ropes. And then I had this opportunity to train a small group of women. And I believe there was five um, women that I was training at 5 a.m. every single morning. And uh, I was, it was quite, quite the grind. I can say I cursed them out every single morning Then my alarm went off because I was also bartending. So um, I would bartend until 2 a.m., get home at like 2.30 or 3, and then my alarm would go off at like 4, <laughs> which was not fun. I would drag my ass to the gym at 5 a.m. and curse them out. And I'm very quiet. If you ever met me in person, uh, you'd be very underwhelmed because I don't speak a lot, especially when I first meet people. I'm very, very quiet. I like to, I like to observe. I like to listen and I don't feel comfortable yet in social settings or just meeting people for the first time, uh, being outgoing and an extrovert. I have a hard time with that. So also something that I'm trying to, to get better and something that I'm working on, but 
when I was training, I would come in, I was already exhausted and already naturally introverted and quiet. So they all make fun of me um, that I never spoke for like the first few months that I was training these women, which I had to say something because they needed to know what exercises they were doing. Uh, but I can understand where they're coming from. And there was one person in particular who would ask me all these questions and, and was just always picking my brain. And it was weird because I didn't feel confident in my own knowledge, but she showed this level of confidence and trust in me for some reason. And I was like, wow, I don't, I don't like, there's other trainers here who are way more experienced, but yet she kept coming to me for, for information. And, you know, we would talk about nutrition. And at that time I was really discovering my passion was more on the nutrition side than the training side. And she ended up saying, um, will you coach me? We were having this conversation after uh, we were finished with one of our, our sessions and they're wrapping up. And I remember her asking for me to coach her in nutrition. She was my first ever nutrition client. And she was like a coach's dream because she literally responded to everything that I did. <laughs> and in the best way, it was like, we're going to increase your calories. And then she would drop weight. I'm like, okay, we're going to increase even more. And she would drop more weight. And she kept getting leaner and stronger and looking better. And she was like, what is this magic? And I was like, I, I don't know. You're just doing really well. And, uh, Anyway, eventually that was kind of like the turning point for me being really inspired by what I could accomplish in helping to change somebody's mindset and relationship with food and their, their body composition. It's like the most important lever that we can pull in body composition is nutrition. So seeing it happen firsthand was a huge springboard for me then going after my dream job, which was to become a nutrition coach. Uh, so I started working for this other company and I remember telling her, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to figure out a way to make this like a full-time real job. Because when I was hired by this other company, it was like $50 a week, I think I was getting. And it was like very much a part-time intern type of role. And eventually I worked my way up to one of being one of their head coaches. I was making six figures doing what I love, but I fundamentally and morally disagreed with the way that they were operating. It was a very cookie cutter type approach. It was very black and white. There was no human to human coaching. And that just did not sit well with me. And their success rate for their clients was, was shockingly low. And I had read statistics about, you know, 95% of diets fail, but this was like, nobody is, is successful in the long run. And not only that, but I started to notice that people were developing a, a worse relationship with food and they were blaming themselves and they were being blamed by other coaches. And the owner of the company was, was very um, well, he was, he's a narcissist. So <laughs> that that's just the reality of the situation. It was very toxic in my opinion. And, but here's, you know, when you're, and I'm sure that some of you can relate to this, but when you have, you're doing the thing that you want to do, you have the opportunity and you're making good money there's that security blanket there. And, and it, I had flexibility and all the things that you would think were the dream scenario. So on the one hand, I was like, this is toxic. But on the other hand, I'm like, how can I leave this? So it was like this internal tug of war. Well, anyway, at that time, I had discovered neurotyping and it totally changed my whole perspective on nutrition, on training, on psychology, on communication, on how to create a transformation. I felt like somebody gave me the playbook to success. And here I was not being able to execute it on other people because I was handcuffed in the way that I could coach. 
because of the company I was working for. And I remember telling Mel, spoiler alert, that first client that I was talking about was Mel. And, you know, she was the one, she was in that group of, of women. She was the one that was asking all the questions. Um, she says, you have to like find a way to showcase what you're doing. And I came up with this idea where I would run a neurotype training group through my former employer. And I remember having this whole conversation with Mel and she just, again, once again, she had this unwavering belief in me and confidence in me that just was, I don't think I would have done it if it weren't for that phone call. And I remember pacing around my apartment. I was, I had just moved to Orange County, California with my wife at the time. And I remember pacing around my apartment and talking to her. And then there was just this overwhelming sense of confidence after talking to her, like, yeah, I actually can do this. So I brought the idea to the owner and he was all about it. So we ran our first neurotype training program, which I ran and a hundred people signed up. And then the second time I did it because it was so successful the first time, 300 people signed up and then everything went to shit. I'll spare all of like the, the length and details of it, but long story short, I moved back across the country to the East Coast because my wife at the time and I separated and then got divorced. And then my grandfather passed away in June of that summer unexpectedly. And if you listen to the podcast, you know how much he impacted my life and the fact that my business is named after him. And then not even a month after that, my boss at the time called me and basically said, we can do what, what you're doing, but we can do it without you. So that way we don't have to pay your salary and we don't have to pay you any commission on the, on the neurotype groups that you're running. Um, fortunately for me, it was the best thing that ever happened. But at that time, I felt completely defeated. I felt completely alone. I felt completely lost. I didn't know where I was going to go from there. Like having the carpet pulled out from under you is, is not a good thing. But fortunately, it got me out of a toxic situation that I was staying in when I shouldn't have been. And there was that person again, who was my biggest champion, my biggest supporter. And that was Mel. And she really gave me that belief that not only can I do this on my own, but like now I have the freedom to coach the way that I want to coach. And that was the beginning of pop. And none of this would have been possible without her. So Mel, if you're listening, I am incredibly, incredibly grateful for everything that you have done for me. And I can't even put it into words how lucky I am to have you in my life, uh, to be able to do life with you and the ways that you've pushed me to become a better person and everything that you've brought with you into my life, um, your, your kids and uh, your family and, and everything else that, that you come with has been an incredible blessing. So part of that was that Mel had a twin sister or has a twin sister named Amy. But I remember when I was training at the, at the local gym, uh, I was doing some boxing classes and Mel was part of the first group that took my boxing classes. And then her older sister, Allie started taking my classes. And then one day Mel was like, Oh, my twin sister is going to join. I was like, wait, you have a twin sister too? Like how many are you? Um, she's one of four, four girls. And so then Amy started taking my classes and then we developed uh, an amazing friendship and she became one of my clients. And, um, one of the 
most meaningful transformations that I've ever been a part of was watching Amy because I think over the years that I coached her, she ended up losing somewhere around 30 pounds, although I'm not sure of the exact number. It was somewhere around there. Um, But she was dealt one of the biggest blows that you can ever receive in life. And I'm not going to air out her personal details, but I will say that she experienced loss and grief on an incredibly grand scale that, that nobody should have to deal with. And she just kept showing up for herself in, in whatever capacity, you know, it it didn't look the same every day. Some days it, it just was whatever she could possibly do to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Um, and other days she had more to give and it, and she just kept showing up and displayed a level of resilience and grit that I've never seen before. She also has two boys that she continued to show up for and continued to be an example for them. And, and now, uh, and then, you know, when, when pop started, she was the first person to just be there for whatever I needed in terms of helping with the business, because I don't have any business background. I didn't know what I was doing. I still don't really know what I'm doing. And I needed administrative stuff and I needed organization and I needed somebody to like figure this shit out with me. And she was always there in whatever capacity I needed. It didn't matter what it was. She's like, just let me know how I can help and I want to help. And ultimately we found her perfect role as kind of the the customer support person of pop where she's truly the the engine that keeps us moving because she makes sure all of our clients are taken care of. She makes sure that everything is functioning, everything is going well behind the scenes. It's it's kind of like the non-sexy job that doesn't get the recognition because it's all behind the scenes, but she is the one that's keeping things going, that gets our clients what they need to make sure the experience is, is incredible and transformational and all the things that we deliver. Uh, she really ensures that that happens. And um, I just wanted to tell that story because number one, it's their birthday today as I'm recording this. So happy birthday to you both. Um, I love you both very much. And also to help you understand that what we're about is about people and it's about connection. And like, I can't think of two humans that are more representative of what we do at pop and just the, the realness of what they have to deal with in day-to-day life. Amy now being a, a single mom of two and also working for me, which is not easy. Uh, and also taking care of herself and her own needs and Mel being a mom of three, she's also divorced. Um, so we have the kids half the time and she's had two jobs for as long as I can remember. She is the director of marketing at her company and she also coaches. And we have a house together that obviously needs some, some love and things break down all the time. And her plate is very full, but yet she also prioritizes herself and shows up for her kids and, and shows up for me and, and the people that she cares about. And both of them are still able to live life and have fun and be social and pour into their relationships while also prioritizing their health and fitness and just being the embodiment of what we represent at POP. It truly is about, about people. It's about humans. It's about connection. And I hope that that comes through 
in what we do because nutrition and training, and we're going to talk all about cardio and I want to explain why you don't need to do cardio, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do cardio. So we're going to break that down. We're going to talk about the nuance here, but those are just vehicles. It's just a vehicle for accomplishing something more. Okay. The only reason that we implement those vehicles is because they are really powerful in helping you to become the person that you want to become. And our clients are, are busy. They're high achievers. They, they want more out of life. Our clients have had success in their careers and their personal life and their family life and their relationships. And they, they want the physical piece to match. They want to feel better in their own skin. They want to be confident without clothes on. They want to be confident with clothes on. They want to represent the hard work. Like they want that physical appearance and how they feel internally to align with the work that they're putting in inside and out of the gym. But it requires you to become that that next level version and there was something that I heard on, on the Diary of a CEO podcast with Mel Robbins. I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard of Mel Robbins. I think that her work is great. And she said that we have all of these biological signals that our body tells us. Our body communicates with us all the time. And some of them are obvious and some of them are less obvious. And if we just look at our basic human needs, right? Let's go back to Psychology 101. Maslow's, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, the base of the pyramid is like, you know, food, water, shelter, right? And then at the top of the pyramid, you have like self-actualization. And our body tells us when we have these basic human needs that aren't being met. So an example is at the bottom of the pyramid, right? We have food, water, shelter. We need those things to survive. So what happens when you haven't eaten in a while? You feel hunger. Your body tells you, hey, this basic human need, like it's a signal. We got to fill this basic human need. When you need water, you feel thirsty, right? When you feel cold, you need shelter. There's, there's these basic human needs and your body is sending signals all the time. Then we have feelings of like loneliness. And one of our basic human needs is connection. When you need connection, you feel lonely. And then there's a common feeling that a lot of people tell me. One of the most common feelings that gets mentioned to me is I'm feeling stuck. Mike, can you help me? I'm feeling stuck. I hear that all the time. I'm feeling stuck. What should I do? And Mel Robbins on this podcast talked about that feeling, that it is another alarm system that's going off in your body, that a basic human need is not being met. And that basic human need is growth. When you're feeling stuck, it means that you've stopped growing. And it was such a powerful message. And I, I legitimately rewound, <laughs> rewound it um, and played it back like four times. I just kept listening and listening and listening. When you are feeling stuck, it means you've stopped growing. 
your body is communicating with you that this basic human need for growth is not being met. And you have to level up. You have to make a change. You have to change your routine. You have to learn something new. Something needs to happen to fulfill that basic human need for growth. Same way that something needs to happen when you're feeling lonely and you need that connection. So can I, you know, go connect with, you know, my, my kids or my partner or my parents or whoever is near you, a friend, can I go get a hug somewhere, right? Like that basic human need for connection. Can I call somebody that I haven't spoken to in a long time? Can I connect with a stranger? We know how to fulfill that basic human need, yet we deal with this feeling of being stuck all the time and we feel like we should just accept it and hope that it passes. The reality is you need to grow. That's what your body's telling you. It's time for growth. It's time for change. It's time to do something different. It's it's time to learn something new. It's time to level up. And Oftentimes we know what that is, but we just don't do it because we never realize that when we, we don't take that step, right? There's a lot of people that say, I'm feeling stuck. Okay. And they don't make the change that's necessary. They just keep things status quo. So they continue to feel stuck. And by avoiding that growth opportunity, by avoiding doing what you need to do, to grow, to level up, to make a change, you're choosing feeling stuck. You're choosing that path. And it doesn't feel like a choice, but it is because a lot of times we think we're, it's avoidance, right? We're, we're afraid of growing. We're afraid of doing something new. We're afraid of changing the status quo. So we avoid, but by avoiding, you're choosing the current situation of feeling stuck. So if you were to like take out a piece of paper, right? And let's say you have a a line right in the middle. There's two columns. On the one side, you have the pain of growth and change. So you would write that down on the one side. Pain of growth and change. On the other side, you would write down the pain of your current situation. Let's say you're feeling stuck because you want to lose 20 pounds and you haven't been successful and you're feeling like nothing's working. Now, the pain is not that you want to lose 20 pounds. There's something deeper. The the pain of not losing 20 pounds or thinking that you want to lose 20 pounds is very surface level. That's probably what you tell your friends. That's probably what you tell your family. That's not really what it's about. There's something deeper below the surface that's truly what's causing you pain. Like for me, when I was 250 pounds and I wanted to lose weight, it wasn't about the number. The pain that I was experiencing was the fear of not fitting in because I could no longer identify as my former version who was an athlete. And that was like my one source of confidence. Sports and being an athlete was my one source of confidence. And that was stripped away. The pain that I was experiencing was the pain of not fitting in, of not being accepted, of not being good enough, of losing my identity, of not having that source of confidence anymore, the fear of being judged, the fear of being criticized. 
that was the current pain. It wasn't the number. It was all of those things below the surface that were boiling up inside of me. That was the pain that I was choosing if I didn't make a choice to grow and change. Avoidance simply means you're choosing the other side, the other column. So on the one hand, write down the pain of growth and change. And then on the other side of the column, write down the current pain that you're experiencing. It's not just the weight. It's not just feeling stuck, but there's something deeper. Is it every time you take off your clothes, you feel embarrassed? Is it you want your husband to look at you differently and to desire you again? Is it you want your kids to not have the relationship with food that you have? There's something deeper. And like you actually have to think about this because it's important. And you put that down on the other side of the piece of paper, the other column. And now you have a choice, a very clear choice. You're either going to choose the current pain that you're in, or you're going to choose the pain and discomfort of growth and change. That's it. Those are your only two options because if you avoid the change that you need, if you avoid the growth that you need, you are actively choosing the current pain that you're in. And sometimes it helps to see that shit written down on paper in front of your face to say, this is my choice. I am choosing this pain instead. And it can be really enlightening. If you're going to choose the pain and discomfort of growth and change, you'll realize it's very temporary. It's not as bad as we think it is. It is really simple to deal with because once you do it, then that's it. It's, it's short term. It's just the fear of the unknown. But once it's known, that fear goes away. The pain that you're currently in stays. So when you choose that, you're choosing a long-term pain and it only gets worse. Now, I'm not saying that you have to choose the pain and discomfort of growth and change. I'm just illustrating the point that one side goes away very quickly. The other side persists and gets worse. So for anybody who is thinking about, you know what, I want to embrace the, the pain and discomfort of change and growth, we are doing a little bit of a, a test this month, and we're offering some promotions to join our coaching program. If you didn't listen to the previous episode where I talked about it, I'm challenging my pre-existing belief and, and saying that I don't believe in discounts and I'm going to let the data speak. So we have another promotion where if you join our coaching program this week only, we're going to include a free month. So effectively, you'll get seven months for the price of six. That's all. If you're ready to embrace the pain and discomfort of change and growth because you don't want to choose the current pain that you're in, then go to neurotypetraining.com slash apply and book a call. And if it's a good fit, we will give you a free month with your six months. So you'll get seven months for the price of six. That's the promotion this week. Hopefully you take advantage and hopefully that all makes sense.
Now, here's why you should stop doing cardio. <laughs> anyway, the comment that I made was the amount of cardio that you need that's required to achieve your body composition goals is zero. And that's accurate because the main, let's, let's just make this very clear. The main driver for weight loss is nutrition. You can lose weight simply by manipulating nutrition and nothing else. You can lose weight simply by manipulating nutrition and not working out at all and being very sedentary and being hormonally wrecked and being under a lot of stress and not sleeping well. You can still lose weight under all of those conditions. Now, I, I wouldn't recommend it because there's a lot of things that make the process easier. However, factually speaking, you can still lose weight simply by manipulating nutrition, regardless of all of those other factors. If you don't believe that to be true, that means that you don't believe in starving to death. If you don't believe in starving to death, then I don't know if I can help you. That's a whole other conversation. But hormonally, it doesn't matter. Sleep, it doesn't matter. Stress, it doesn't matter. All these things. Now, when I say it doesn't matter, again, you have to understand the context here. I'm not saying that they don't matter for longevity. I'm not saying they don't matter for just basic feeling like a human. They matter for a lot of reasons, but you can still lose weight. So hopefully you're not going to misinterpret what I'm saying here. You can still lose weight simply by manipulating nutrition and nothing else. Now here, where does cardio come into play? If your goal is to lose fat and not muscle, which it should be, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there that want to lose muscle. I don't know who they are. And maybe it's somebody who like did a bunch of steroids at one point and just got crazy big and was like, you know what? This isn't a good look for me. I should probably get rid of some of this muscle. I'm sure it happens. But I'm assuming that your body composition goals include losing body fat and building or maintaining muscle mass. Now, from a nutrition standpoint, we have to make sure we're getting in enough protein. And we're not being too restrictive with our calories. That's going to help with losing body fat and not muscle. From a training standpoint, cardio alone, just cardio without strength training, just cardio sends the signal that you're not using your muscles. So more of your weight, more of the weight that you lose will be in the form of muscle than it will be in the form of body fat. Proportionally speaking, if you're only doing cardio and you're losing weight because of your nutrition, even if you're eating enough protein, you're still sending the signal. Now, enough protein will help, but you're still sending the signal that we're not using our muscles and we're becoming more efficient with calories. Therefore, your body will break down muscle tissue and use it for energy. The way that it works is you break down muscle tissue, break it down into amino acids, then it's converted into carbohydrate and then potentially into fats and then used for energy, but that's not important. The bottom line is you will lose your muscles. <laughs> that's the key. Because what I mean by cardio making you more efficient with calories, the thing about cardio is that when you do cardio, you get better at doing cardio. So, when you first start doing cardio, you're burning a certain amount of calories per session. Let's say you're going out for a run. 
And let's say you're running four miles a day. And let's say that four mile run is burning 400 calories. I'm just throwing out numbers. As you continue to run four miles, that 400 calories becomes 300 calories and then 200 calories and then 100 calories. And even though it doesn't happen quite so linearly, it does happen that way over time. The more you do it, the more efficient you get, the less calories you burn while doing the same activity. Now, here's the real kicker. After you're done burning calories from doing cardio, your body is not burning extra calories. You did a very manual process to burn those calories. And then it stops and you go back to baseline, your baseline level of caloric burn. Now, research shows that after the fact, your body has a couple of mechanisms that it implements to try to close that calorie gap. What do I mean by that? Let's say we use the same example. You burn 400 calories doing a bunch of cardio. Throughout the rest of the day, your body will subconsciously move less to preserve energy to make up for that 400 calorie debt. It will also potentially increase your hunger signals to get you to eat more food to help to overcome that caloric debt. This is proven in research over and over again. Those two mechanisms are often happening when we do a very manual process of calorie burn like cardio is. So you burn those calories. You don't burn anything extra after doing that cardio. You go back to baseline. There's no afterburn effect. Again, I'm not talking about hit. I'm talking about just dedicated steady state cardio. So you become more efficient. You burn less calories doing the same activity. And your body tries to compensate by making up for those calories in some way, shape, or form, either by moving less or eating more. On the flip side, when you lift weights, you become inefficient with calories. You are sending the signal that we need these muscles. You are also breaking down muscle and rebuilding it. So that is a process that requires more energy. Not only do you have the calorie burn during your session, which is probably less than cardio, like 30 minutes of strength training versus 30 minutes of cardio, likely you're burning more calories in that 30 minutes from cardio. However, after the strength training session, you do have an afterburn effect. You do have a heightened metabolic rate as you try to repair muscle tissue that you broke down, your body kind of goes into overdrive. Now, some research says that it lasts up to 72 hours. That's a bit of a stretch in my opinion, although we see evidence that it can be that long, most likely for most people, the way that most people train, it's probably in that 24 hour window where you've got a slight heightened, a slightly heightened caloric burn from your strength training session. You're also telling your body to preserve muscle, which is important. Like I said, so eating enough protein strength training, you're, you're going to lose more weight in the form of body fat than you are muscle mass. So the point to all of this is on the calories outside of the equation, right? We have calories in versus calories out. On the calories outside of the equation, many people say, well, if you do cardio, you can influence the calories outside of the equation and burn more calories so that let's say I'm eating 2000 calories a day, but if I keep my calories steady, my intake steady, and I just keep increasing the amount of cardio I'm doing, then I can lose weight, which may be the case. But again, 
there's a point of diminishing returns as you get more efficient with calories. It requires more and more and more and more work to get that same job done. And your body's going to try to compensate for it by subconsciously moving less throughout the day, even if you're fighting off hunger and keeping your intake steady. But we also have this beautiful thing that also influences the calories outside of the equation. And that beautiful thing is called walking. Walking is one of the best things that you can do to influence your calories outside because walking doesn't require that compensatory effect. I swear I can speak at times. Your body doesn't compensate for walking like it does for cardio. Walking is a stress relief. Cardio is a stressor. Okay. So when you walk, you're actually improving your recovery. You're improving insulin sensitivity. You're lowering your cortisol levels. When you do dedicated cardio, you're increasing your cortisol levels. Now, here's the thing. I talked about this and then all these people wanted to come at me. First, first was somebody who was like, well, you shouldn't be saying that all cardio is bad because there's, there was one study. I love when somebody says one study, like there's one study, like, great. There's a study and, and we don't care how well the study was done or anything like that, but there was a study, a single study uh, that showed that a certain like zone two cardio session with strength training showed improved recovery and all this stuff. He's like, so you shouldn't say all cardio is bad. Okay. First of all, I never said all cardio is bad. I explained the process of what happens when you do cardio. And I also said that no cardio is required for improving your body composition and achieving your body composition goals, which is true. And I also mentioned that a lot of the benefits can be accomplished with walking, the heart health benefits, um, blood flow benefits, hormonal benefits, the mental and emotional benefits, all of that can be accomplished with walking, which is also true. But nowhere did I say all cardio is bad. I don't think that any cardio is bad. I would not say there is a single bad form of cardio. So here's a situation where somebody interprets something based off of their own biases and wants to jump to conclusions and and try to be, you know, this is a classic case of people wanting to make valid points, but not being useful or helpful. And then somebody else was like, well, you definitely need to do some cardio for body composition because otherwise, why would bodybuilders do cardio when they're trying to get on stage? Um, First of all, listening to what bodybuilders are doing is like saying, well, I want to swim recreationally. So I'm going to follow what Michael Phelps does or like, I am going to go drive my kids to school, but let me study what the NASCAR drivers are doing. It doesn't make any sense. Bodybuilders do something that is extremely extreme. It's extremely extreme. And I would also say that the body composition goals that they have are not optimal, nor are they healthy. No human should be walking around stage lean for an extended period of time. So if we're following bodybuilders by that same logic, we should say, all right, we're going to 
ex- eat extremely low calories. And then we're going to gain a bunch of weight right after we reach our goal because they stay that lean for about a couple hours while they get on stage and then they eat a bunch of food. They start gaining weight back rapidly. So should we follow that too? Because we're, we're using bodybuilders as the gold standard it doesn't make any sense. The fact remains, you do not need to do any cardio to improve your body composition. You can accomplish that by walking here. Here's the main point. A lot of our clients come to us thinking that cardio is required. They force themselves to do a bunch of cardio. They're running excessive amounts. They're go-getters. They're high performers. They're driven. They're motivated. And they are just burning the candle at both ends, thinking that they have to do cardio to lose fat. So this message is to say, you don't have to do that. And here's why that's important, because it gives you the freedom to do cardio however the fuck you enjoy doing cardio. Because yes, cardio has heart health benefits. And yes, cardio has hormonal benefits. And yes, cardio can have mental benefits. And yes, cardio releases endorphins and it makes you feel good. And there's, uh, you know, some people experience a runner high, runner's high. I don't know who that is, but apparently it's a thing. Um, I'm joking, but seriously, cardio has a time and place. But if you get to approach it from the perspective of I can do however much or however little cardio I want, and I can accomplish my body composition through nutrition, training, walking, and lifestyle, it's such a a more free place to be. Like You don't have to do any of it. You get to do whatever you want, whatever you enjoy. If that's swimming, if that's playing tennis, which is what I'm doing right now, like I, I have fully been reignited in my love for tennis. I've been playing every single week and enjoying the hell out of it. And I'm watching the US Open and loving that. Like I, I've got the itch back. I love playing tennis. That's the only cardio I do, the only dedicated cardio I do. If you like to you know, swim, then swim. If you like to bike, then bike. If you like to run, then run. But you don't have to do any of it to improve your body composition. Do it for yourself. Do it because you enjoy it. If you are interested in the cardio benefits, the heart health benefits, all that stuff, amazing. More power to you, but you don't have to. It is not a requirement. And that's the goal that I'm trying. That's the message that I'm trying to portray. You get to do it in a way that aligns with what you enjoy and what you want to accomplish. So for body composition, it's not necessary. For enjoyment, for cardio health, heart health, all that stuff, hormone health, amazing. Do it in the way that feels right for you. That is the message. So again, bringing things back full circle, if you are feeling stuck, if like you're doing too much and it's not working, if you feel like you're trying to accomplish a goal and it's not working, you have to make a choice of listening to that signal. Feeling stuck means you stopped growing, means you need to change, means you need a new routine, means you need to learn something new. If you have a, a poor, if you're feeling stuck in your routine, right? Like just your day to day routine, change it up. One of the things that that I started doing recently was I started adding to my morning routine. So I do 
Organifi green juice every single morning, I highly recommend you start your day that way. Like just try it. Give it a try. Start your day that way. Start with Organifi green juice in the morning. First thing. First thing you do, first thing you put in your body, glass of water, mix up the green juice. It mixes amazingly well. Their crisp apple flavor is incredible. Then I have a cup of coffee. And then what I've been doing is the Organifi Immunity, which is kind of like an orange juicy flavor. Very delicious. And I have been slightly under the weather, but like not enough to feel sick, but just enough to feel annoyed by it. And I'm telling you, this routine has kept me feeling more clear-headed, more just together every day. So it's green juice, cup of coffee, immunity. And then I also take uh, Organifi's Balance supplement for gut health because I've been having a little digestive issues. That's how I start. And then a second cup of coffee. Change your routine up, add something different. Like you have to create just these small micro changes that that move to bigger changes. Um, And if you're not doing that to start your morning, if you're not starting your morning on the right foot with something beneficial to yourself or your health, you're missing out. And we also have 20% off Organifi products. So you should go to Organifi.com slash popfam. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash P-O-P-F-A-M. Use code popfam at checkout. Right now, it's the crisp apple green juice in the morning. Highly recommend you get that coffee and then immunity because I need to stay healthy and I don't want to get sick. And that's been keeping me in a better place. Uh, Organify balance for gut health and then another cup of coffee. That's been my routine. And then, of course, I have gold juice as part of my wind down routine, the chocolate gold juice. Highly recommend that. Um, and Go to Organifi.com slash popfam. You get 20% off all of their products. Take advantage. It's an incredible deal. Just use code popfam at checkout. Organifi.com slash P-O-P-F-A-M. And and change up the routine. If you're feeling stuck, it just means that you need a change in your routine. You need to grow. You need to learn something new. But if you keep things the same, then again, you're choosing that current situation. It's not avoidance. It's not avoidance. It's a choice. It's an active choice. You're saying, I want this pain over this other pain over here. So outline it. Like I said, you've, you've got the two options. Outline the perceived pain of change and growth versus the current pain that you're in and actually get to the real pain. Like, Don't sell yourself short. You know damn well it's not about a number. There's something inside of you deep down, like peel back a few layers, not just one or two. Get real with yourself, journal about it if you have to. There's something that pisses you the fuck off about your current situation and it's deep rooted. That's what you're choosing if you don't choose the pain of change and growth, which is okay. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but it is so much more effective to come from a place of awareness and active choice than thinking that you're avoiding the problem. You're not. You're choosing the problem. I hope that makes sense. I hope that comes across the way that I intend it to. Uh, Again, I like to provide some context and color to some of the things that I write about, some of the things that I say, because I see a lot of people misinterpret it. So hopefully this clears things up. Um, from the perspective of 
change, from the perspective of growth, from the, from the perspective of cardio, and just what we're all about. So again, if you are ready for that change, if you're ready for that growth, if you need to level up, come join us. We have that promotion going on this week. Seven months for the price of six. Go to neurotypetraining.com slash apply. Make sure on your call, you let us know that you came from the podcast and much love to you all. Happy birthday, Mel and Amy. And I will talk to you all very soon.